Welcome back to our third and final episode of Being in Christ. Last night, I talked about your inheritance in Christ as a believer now. Being born again, you've put off the old life. You've put on Christ. You've been baptized with Christ. You died with him. You rose with him. And now you've been seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. And because of that, you've received both a natural inheritance and a supernatural spiritual inheritance. So I go into depth about that last night and the episode before that, I covered your identity in Christ. And I explained how identity tends to be the root for issues in people's lives. Sometimes people blame everything on the devil when really he doesn't have anything to do with it. Now, don't get me wrong. If there's stealing and killing and destroying going on in your life, that's the devil. But if you're running into hardship after hardship, mountain after mountain, valley after valley, dry season after dry season, odds are there's an issue in the roots of your identity and you need to know who you are in Christ. So if you've experienced any of that, go watch as soon as we're done with this episode, your identity in Christ, the first episode of this series. And I promise you, you will not be the same person after you watch it. You're going to be lit on fire with the kerosene of the Holy Ghost. And you're going to be excited to go forward in life. Because the reality is, the Bible says that we are more than conquerors through Christ. Which means we are not to live a defeated life. As a matter of fact, we are so in the victory and beyond the victory, so much more than conquerors, we are guaranteed to have success in everything we do, everything we put our hand to will prosper. Every step that we take, the word of God will be a light unto our feet. Everywhere we go is guaranteed to bear fruit and have success when we know our identity in Christ because we have the victory. We're not fighting for the victory. We're fighting from victory. And that is the reality of the identity of a real Christian believer. But tonight, now that we've covered your identity, and we've covered your inheritance. I want to cover with you what it means to have the authority of heaven backing you. Hello, Logan. God bless you. What your authority is now that you're a Christian. I want you to write this down in your notebook and put it in the comments for me. Say, I have authority from heaven. John Stafford, good to see you on YouTube. Alicia, hello on YouTube. And Helen, hello on YouTube. You have authority from heaven. Now, authority is different than just power. And I'll give you a nice picture of what authority looks like. For example, when a police officer, I heard it put this way once. When a police officer is standing in the street and they are directing traffic, they don't have the physical strength to hold back a vehicle from moving, but they have the authority to stop, control, and move traffic in the street because of their badge, because of their identity, because of who they are, and because of who backs them. The government backs them. Law enforcement backs them. The power behind them has delegated authority to them, which gives them power to make decisions, to instruct traffic in this scenario. So authority is delegated power 
from a source. In our instance, it's from heaven. We've been delegated power from on high. When Jesus rose, it says that he delegated his authority to the church of Jesus Christ, his body. So although we, in our natural state, don't have what it takes to direct traffic in this life, we have the authority in Christ to direct all traffic at all times. So we're going to start, go to John 16 with me. And as you're turning there, I'm going to read out of Matthew quickly. Go to John chapter 16. We'll start in verse 25. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 says this. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Then he sent them out on the great commission. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Jesus said, all authority of heaven has been given to me. And as you go, I will be with you. And you see in Mark chapter 16, that it says, these signs will follow them that believe. As they walked in the power of God, it says at the end of the Great Commission, Jesus worked with them with accompanied signs. So the authority of Christ worked with the disciples as they went out on the Great Commission. And it's the same with you. That same authority that Jesus rose with has been delegated to you. All authority in heaven and on earth and below the earth has been delegated to the church, which is the body of Christ. So John chapter 16, verse 25. Well, actually, I just want to read. Let's just read verse 33. I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you may have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. I want you to write this in the comments. Say, in Christ, I have overcome the world. Jesus said, all authority has been given to me, and I give it to you. And take heart, even though you'll have tribulation in this life, I have overcome the world. So the tribulations, the struggles, the issues in this life have been overcome. And in fact, he said, have peace, that you may have peace. He said, I said these things, that you might have peace, because when tribulation does come your way, remember, I have overcome the world. When you know your identity, your inheritance, and your authority given by Christ, you will have peace in this life no matter what's in front of you. And that's what it means to walk by faith and to not walk by sight. Walking by faith includes walking by the authority that is in Christ Jesus. Now go to Romans chapter 8 with me. We're going to hit a lot of scripture tonight. That's always a good thing. And I want you to write that down. Authority is delegated power. I always love seeing that it's a Friday night. And I know that not a ton of people are on Instagram yet, but they're going to watch it. A Friday night, we've got like 100 on TikTok. We got a ton of people on YouTube. We got people on Instagram. It brings me so much joy that on a Friday night, you can guarantee that a couple hundred people are going to come and join you to listen to the gospel. 
You know what a lot of people are doing on a Friday night? Not this. So be blessed because this is great. God honors those that diligently seek him. Romans chapter 8, verse 37. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Write that down. Romans 8, 37. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. What does it mean to be more than a conqueror? Well, if you go into battle and you win, then you've conquered. You are a conqueror. But if a man goes into battle and he wins the battle and he's got a wife and a kid at home, they are more than conquerors. They won the war, they won the battle, and they didn't even have to fight. That's what it means to be more than a conqueror. That you won the victory and you didn't even have to fight the fight. Jesus fought the battle, he won the battle, and because of that, you are now victorious in Christ and more than a conqueror. You have to see yourself that way. You have to see Satan as already defeated. He's a defeated foe, and you are already more than a conqueror in Christ. And when you live believing in your heart that you are more than a conqueror, you will have victory in every area of life. You will not live a defeated, beaten down sad story Christian life, you will live a life that goes from victory to victory, success to success, progress, constant mountaintop to mountaintop experience. That is what a lifestyle of being more than a conqueror looks like. When you know you've already won, that comes with great confidence. Especially when you didn't even have to get in the ring. I mean, come on, what else can you ask for? Now go to Luke chapter 10. So Jesus said, take heart, for I have overcome the world. Jesus defeated Satan, and Jesus defeated the world. So there's no excuse as a Christian to have a life of defeat, because Jesus has given you authority and victory over both the world and the temptations of the world, and Satan and his temptations. His lies, his dominion, all of that has been now placed underneath your feet. Luke chapter 10, verse 19. Behold, I have given you authority. I want you to highlight this, underline it. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. I want you to type this in the comments. I have all authority over the power of the devil. And this was before Jesus had even died and resurrected. He had already delegated authority to the disciples. How much more now that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost? How much more now that you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit? And we'll get into being seated in heavenly places even more in a second. But Jesus said, he didn't say, I give you some of authority over the power of the devil. He didn't say you'll have authority over some demons and not all of them. He said, I give you all authority over all the power of the devil. That means that no Christian is allowed to run around saying the devil's been kicking my butt all week. No, you don't hear cops running around saying that some 12-year-old kid that's in juvie has been kicking their butt all week. No, 
They have the authority to put that individual in their place, put them behind bars, humble them. That is your job as a Christian. You now have the authority to trample on lions and serpents and scorpions, all the power of the devil. You've been given all authority. That's exactly right, Matea. She said, this understanding brings the greatest level of freedom. That's right. When you understand that Jesus has made you a conqueror over the world, that you've overcome the world, then nothing in the world can keep you a slave anymore. And when you realize that Jesus has given you authority over the devil, there's nothing that the devil can do to hold you back anymore. Nor your family, your relationships, none of it. Your money, none of it. When you understand your authority as a Christian believer, the devil will flee from you. That's why there's nowhere in the Bible where it says that you need to spend your nights and days fighting the devil. The Bible says the only fight that you have as a believer is the good fight of faith. It says you wrestle in spiritual warfare. There's a wrestling match that happens, but you've already got the victory. In fact, it says resist the devil. If you'll submit to God and just resist the devil, he'll actually flee from you. But you have to know your identity and you have to know your authority in Christ. When you know the authority that's been delegated to you, all you will do is find yourself submitting to God, resisting the devil, and he will flee from you because he'll know that you know who you are in Christ. I remember this story that my friend evangelist Kelly Leger told me once. Hey, Ash, good to see you. Hey, Colton. My good friend, uh, Kelly Leger, he's an amazing evangelist, man of God, I love him. And he was in, I think he was in India one time. And while he was in India, there was this demonized man who came and asked him for help. And he didn't know that the man was demonized at the time. He just thought he really needed help. And this man said, hey, would you come and help me carry some things? So he went to go be the good Christian that he is. And help him carry some things. And all of a sudden this man brings him into this far away cave. This tunnel. And Kelly was getting more and more eerie. And uh, he was wondering where exactly they were going. And all of a sudden when they were probably a quarter mile into this old cave. This old mine. This man turns around and he grows like two feet taller. I'm not kidding. This is the story that he tells me. The man begins to grow like two feet taller. And scales begin to grow on his face. And he begins to turn into a whole demon right in front of this man. Right in front of Kelly. And he starts turning into like a, a lizard looking thing. A demon. And Kelly said that the spirit of fear came upon him. And he just froze in his tracks. But he remembered his authority in Christ. And all of a sudden the only scripture that popped up was Nehemiah. And it said that the joy of the Lord is your strength. And he began to laugh. And the man, when he turned around and started to turn into this demon, said, what would you do if I turned into a lizard right now? And Kelly began to laugh. And when he began to laugh, he said, I'd cast the devil right out of you. And when he did, he said that man that had grown to be like nine feet tall, shrunk and grew like, he said he shrunk to like five foot tall and cowered back and said, power. Kelly didn't even have to raise a fist. He barely raised his voice. If anything, all he did was laugh because he knew that the joy of the Lord was his strength. He knew his authority in Christ. And this demonized man hunkered back and he said power because he knew that the power of heaven was backed by the delegated authority given to Kelly. 
That is how you have to, you have to see the devil. The devil, the Bible says that your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion. It doesn't say he is a roaring lion. It says that he walks around as a roaring lion. He pretends to be a roaring lion, but he's not. He's not. You can put him in his place. I remember there's a couple of cool stories. I'll share another cool story. I like this story. Smith Wigglesworth, a lot of people know him. He was standing at a bus stop one time and he gets on this bus as it comes. And there's this woman that walks out of her apartment and goes to get on the bus. And as she walks on the bus, her little dog walks out with her. And the little dog keeps trying to get on the bus. And she says nicely, no, honey, you got to get back into the house. I got to go. And the bus driver says, lady, we got to get going. You got to get your dog back in the house. And so she kind of nudges the dog again a second time and says, honey, you got to get back into the house. And finally, the bus driver says, look, lady, I'm on a schedule. I got to go either get this dog in the house or I'm leaving you here. And finally, she said, hey, get. And she yelled at the dog to get into the house. And the dog put its tail between his legs and ran inside really quick. And Smith Wigglesworth stood up on the back of the bus and he said, now that's how you got to talk to the devil. And that's the truth. That's authority. That's power. That's what it means to know that you've been given all authority over all the power of the devil. If you can't make your dog pee in the yard, like Evangelist Jonathan says, you'll never get the devil to obey you. If you can't get your dog to pee in the yard, you'll never cast a demon out. If you can't get your dog to pee in the yard, you'll never heal the sick. If you don't know the authority to command a little dog, then you'll never command that which walks about as a roaring lion. But when you understand that he's defeated, he's not. The Bible says that in the end times, when the man of lawlessness is revealed, that all the nations of the earth will look at him in awe. They will be awestruck and they will say, is this the one that caused all the nations to stumble? Is this the one we were worried about? That's what people are going to say when they find out who Satan really is now that Jesus defeated him. The Bible says that Jesus descended into the lowest parts of the earth, took back the keys of death in the grave from Satan. And I like to think he gave him a good one right in the jaw. And then he left and ascended again. And he gave dominion back to mankind. That is how you have to see it. That's right. Matea said he's got such a way with words. That's absolutely right. You've been given all authority in Christ over all the power of the devil. So how do you use that authority? Well, by the access of faith. The Bible says that you've been given an arsenal of weaponry. You've been given the armor of God. It says in Ephesians 6.10, Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. You don't have to do this in your own strength. It says in Zechariah 4.6, It's not by might, it's not by power, it's by my spirit. So when you understand that the Spirit of God is upon you, for He has anointed you, you will flow in the armor of God and use the Word, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The Word of God is your weapon. To defeat all the power of the enemy. You begin to use the Bible as a weapon to take your authority in Christ. So when the devil begins speaking lies to you, no, that's not true, devil. This is what the Bible says. If you'll notice when I preach, all I say is the Bible says, the Bible says, the Bible says. That's all Billy Graham said. That's all great evangelists, prophets, pastors, 
teachers, apostles, that's all they all say. Any wise man will know that our words mean nothing. My words aren't worth wasting my breath. But just like Reinhard Bonnke said, God's word in my mouth is just as powerful as God's word in his mouth. It's the same word. So when you use God's word as a sword with the authority given to you, you will tear down all lies, all things that exalt themselves above Christ. You'll tear down every stronghold. Every wicked plan of the devil will come to nothing simply by the sword that comes out of your mouth. And that goes for family. That goes for business. Anything in your life that doesn't line up with God's word will change as you believe and as you speak. Us having the same spirit of faith, we believe and we speak. You believe the word, you speak the word, and the word will come to pass in your life. The Bible says in Romans 4.17, We call those things which do not exist as though they are. That is faith. The substance, God's word, revelation knowledge, of things hoped for to align your life into God's word. It is the evidence of things not yet seen. Not yet seen. Authority combined with God's word and faith. You're unstoppable as a Christian. And you'll walk in God's perfect will for your life. Amen. You have to remember, God is the power behind your authority. It says in Jeremiah chapter 1, that the Spirit of God hovers over the Word, watching it to perform it. He says, I watch over my Word to perform it. I want you to get this. Understand this right now. Highlight this. Write it down. God watches over His Word to perform it. But it has to be spoken. And when it's believed and it's spoken, God performs the Word. So when you stand on the promises, you say, God, I believe your Word. It says, I'm blessed going in. I'm blessed coming out. He watches over the Word spoken by you and He performs it in your life. That is walking in the authority of Christ, being reconciled, knowing your identity. Someone said, where do you recommend reading in the Bible? I would recommend, I would read the Gospel of John and then read the epistles. Ephesians, or Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1st and 2nd Corinthians. All right, next, let's go to Ephesians. Well, actually, I already I quoted that. <laughs> go to 1st John chapter 4 and write this down. I hope you're taking notes. This is going this is great. This will change your life if you get this inside of you. This is this is a series that I would recommend you listen to more than once. And if you're unfamiliar, these are always posted on Instagram. I always have this uploaded on YouTube. If you're watching on TikTok, I know this doesn't upload on TikTok, but you can go and follow me on YouTube, follow me on Instagram and Listen to my podcast. Don't forget, if you're watching on Instagram and YouTube, I have a podcast, Revival Way, Taylor and Michael Revival Way. And this is what I recommend. The Bible says in Romans 10, 17, faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. Hearing and hearing. Hearing and hearing. Keep preaching in your ears all day long. And you will watch how it will manifest in your life. I met a guy recently. 
couple weeks ago. He said, man, I got plugged in to, uh, I think he found me on TikTok a number, like a year ago. He said, I found you on TikTok a year ago. I was scrolling through TikTok and I saw you on a live stream and you just prophesied directly into my life. My life was changed forever. Me and my wife began to weep and our lives were never the same. And ever since that day, this is what happened. He connected with the anointing. He said, ever since that day, I had this urge to listen to you all the time. That's what happens when you get connected with the anointing. When your spirit connects with the spirit of a man of God or a woman of God, then you have this unquenchable thirst to get the word in you all the time. So as you experience that, even on these live streams, get those podcasts plugged into you all the time. Get the word preached into you all the time. I remember two years ago, and I mean, even still to this day, there's not a day that goes by where I don't read, preach, or get preached into. Every day I keep the word getting into my spirit all day, every day long. Every day, all day long. <laughs> and I used to be a window washer. And I had a business. And when I would work, I would have my headphones in for 8 to 10 hours a day. And all I would do is have God's word preached into me all day long. Whether it was Evangelist Jonathan, Dr. Rodney Howard Brown, uh, whoever it was. All these great men and women of God. I would just listen to preaching all day and my spirit just grew tremendously. Exploded. That's what will happen when you get the substance of revelation knowledge into your spirit all the time. All the time. All right, 1 John chapter 4. Verse 4. Highlight this, write it down. Little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. He who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Who's in the world? The devil. The Bible says you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Romans 8.11 The same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead dwells in you. And if he lives in you, he'll give life to your mortal body. The resurrection power of Jesus Christ is in you. And greater is God's Holy Spirit. And not, not a little greater. Far greater is God's Holy Spirit in you than the devil that is in this world. Than all of his demons, all of his adversaries. And if you're seated that far above the devil, how much further are you seated above those that work for the devil? Greater is God in you. The Bible says in Galatians 2.20, it's no longer I who live. But Christ who lives in me. If Jesus lives in me, greater is he in me than the devil. By far. By far. That's right. Matthias said, out of the heart the mouth speaks. Watch your life and sphere of influence shift for good when you're continually filled with life. That's exactly right. When your heart is full of God's word and good preaching, that's what will come out of your mouth. And God will watch over it to perform it in your life. Authority. Greater is he in you than he who is in the world. That is your authority. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Christ. And that authority he gave to the church. That's why for me, I believe in pre-tribulation rapture. Now, some people might not agree with that. I don't care. It is impossible to know your authority as a Christian and to think that you'll be just manhandled by the antichrist 
But that's a topic for another day. Number three. I guess I should be giving you these points. The first point is that we have overcome the world. That you must know you have overcome the world. Number two. Authority is delegated power from heaven. Number three, Jesus delegated that authority to the church. Go to Ephesians chapter 1 with me. Ephesians chapter 1. We're going to read verses 18 through 23. Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe. Immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe. Highlight that. Underline it. Text it to your grandma. According to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but in the age to come. And he put all things under his feet. Highlight that. All things are under the feet of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is seated far above every authority, every power, every dominion, and all things have been put under his feet. And guess what? It gets better. And he gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all and all. I want you to type this in the comments and write it down. I am the body of Christ. As a Christian, I am Jesus's body in the earth. And it says that all authority, all power, all dominion has been given to Jesus, and Jesus gave it to me. And I'm seated in heavenly places with Christ, far above the devil, far above all those that work with him, far above government, far above every wicked thing that is in this life. I am one with Christ. He lives in me. Talon doesn't live anymore. When you read that and you understand that, you'll never be the same. Suddenly, circumstances won't change you. You will change circumstances. I want you to believe that and declare it over your life. Say, I will be a person that changes circumstances. Circumstances will not change you from this day forward. You will be the one that changes circumstances. In everybody's life, not just yours. Abraham was given authority and blessing to not just be blessed himself, to bless everyone around him. God said, I have called you to bless you in order that you will be a blessing. Your authority is for you and everyone around you. When an issue happens, you're the one that carries the power to go handle it. When somebody's sick in your family, you're the one that's going to make them better. You're going to lay hands on them and they will recover. When somebody's struggling financially, you're the one that carries the authority and the blessing from on high to go and change their situation. When something crazy happens in your family, you will be the answer by the power of God. You will be the person that changes circumstances. 
not the person that is changed by circumstance. In Jesus' name. Hop on over to Colossians chapter 2 with me. Colossians 2.15 He disarmed, this is Jesus, He disarmed the rulers and authorities, put them to open shame by triumphing over them in Him. Hey, Kiernan, God bless you. I love you and Colton. I'll see you again in a couple weeks. Highlight this. Colossians 2, verse 15. He disarmed rulers. That means he took the weapons away from rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. Jesus put the devil on display. He openly shamed the devil and all of the devil's adversaries, or all the the devil's advocates. Not only did Jesus triumph over the devil, he put him to open shame. You should shame the devil, and you will shame the devil every day of your life. Finishing the rest of this year, I prophesy, where the devil has come into your life and stolen and killed and destroyed, You will redeem those areas by the power of God, and you are going to put the devil to shame in your life in Jesus' mighty name. Ephesians 2, verses 1 through 7. And you were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved." and raised us up with him, and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us who are in Christ. Highlight that, verse 7 specifically, and underline it. He raised you up with Christ, seated in heavenly places. You are seated with Jesus at the right hand of the Father. Hallelujah. Praise God. That's right. I see everybody on YouTube. Yalitza, good to see you. Michael, that's right, John. You will change circumstances. Raised up together with Christ. You and Him are one. Hallelujah. Point number four. We are one with Christ. And we're going to wrap up with this. We are one with Christ. 
Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Verses 12 through 14. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. Like the great man of God, Mark Hankins says. Pastor Hankins says, <laughs> Jesus said, come to me and drink. Don't come to me and think. We are all to drink of one spirit. Verse 14. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. Now go down to verse 27. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. We are all individual members of the body of Christ. Now go to 1 Corinthians 6, verse 17. But he who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. He who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. Highlight that. Underline it. If there's one major flaw in a lot of contemporary Christians when they preach is that they make you think that you and Jesus are on totally different levels, totally different scales. Now, you're not deity. Jesus is. He's the only begotten Son of God. But it also says we are of one spirit with Him. We are in Him. We are one with Him. One spirit in Christ. We are a man or a woman in Christ. Adopted. We are not deity but we are divine nature, as it says in 1 Peter. You've been given a divine nature, which carries the authority of heaven. One more here. Romans chapter 5, verse 17. I don't have a New King James Bible on me. This is ESV, but uh, we'll read it. Romans 5.17, For if, because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Highlight that. It says that us in Christ reign in life. It doesn't say we struggle through life. It doesn't say we're dragged through the mud by Satan through life. It says we reign in life. In life. Another translation says we reign as kings in this life. Another man of God said that's why Jesus is the king of kings, the Lord of lords, because we have been made a royal priesthood, a kinship. He is the king of us kings. He is the Lord of us lords of the new Jerusalem. That is our inheritance. The son of a king is a king is a future king. The daughter of a king is a future queen. The son of a lord is a future lord. But God doesn't pass away. So we are those things now. That's our identity now. We reign in this life. We don't crawl through this life. We reign in this life. From authority on high. Be seated in heavenly places 
with Christ Jesus today. Right now, I want you to write down and bring to remembrance every area of your life that you know that the devil has stolen from you, that he's destroyed in your life, relationships, financial situations. Any area of your life that the thief has come to steal, to kill, and to destroy, I want you to identify it right now and put a demand on it and say, Satan, you have been found out, and according to the word, you must repay me double what you've taken and cast him out of your life. Take authority over your life today. When Christians rise up in the authority that's been given to them in Christ, and they take their authority in Christ, they are unstoppable, and wickedness does not prevail. Righteousness prevails. And the Bible says in the book of Proverbs, everybody is happy when the righteous rule. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. What a good, good message. One of my favorites. If you enjoyed this, give me a massive high five in the comments. Put a a hand emoji. Let me know that you've enjoyed this. Stacy, hello. Juan, Sandra, Sammy. Alicia, I love you all on YouTube. You guys are great. This is going to be posted so you can share it afterwards. This is the third and final part of our series in Christ. And it goes so much deeper. So much deeper. I'll give a shout out to uh, my new friend and mentor, Pastor Mark Hankins. He has multiple books on what it means to be in Christ. The Authority of the Believer, you can find with Dr. Kenneth Hagan. Such a powerful and deep topic. You know what? I, I feel like I need to pray for the sick right now. I want to pray for the sick. If you're believing for a miracle for yourself or a family member, I'm going to pray for you right now. God's going to do a miracle in your life. I feel the anointing to heal right now. I feel the anointing to heal right now. I feel it strong. You know, last week we had a service. We had our first church service. And I shared a story about this woman that uh, was diagnosed with Parkinson's. And she came into one of my meetings a couple months ago. And she didn't even come in. She was carried in. Her friends carried her into the meeting. And when they carried her into the meeting, she couldn't even move. She couldn't put her own clothes on. She couldn't even keep her eyes open when I was preaching. But as I was preaching, the Word of God began to get into her spirit. And I saw her begin to move and strength started to come into her body. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 4 that God's word is life to your bones and healing to your flesh. So as I began to preach, this woman's body began to be rejuvenated. And I could see her try to stand up. And finally, her friends in the middle of my sermon, they helped her onto her feet and they were walking her, but she was in tremendous pain. And I felt the Lord say, go lay hands on her. So I ran to the back of the room and I laid my hands on her and I cast that wicked spirit out of her and I commanded life into her body. And I went back up to the front and I kept preaching my sermon and they let go of her and she got this big smile on her face. And after standing in the back for about five or 10 minutes, 
she had this huge grin and it was like life came back into her body. And I said, Carolyn, you look great. And she said, I feel great. And this woman in her 80s who was carried into the service ran up to the front of the room. And she gave me a big hug and she was healed. And she sat in the rest of the meetings, the rest of the week. And she did great. She loved every single one of them. You can go see, I put a post on it on my Instagram. But the reason I share that is because I shared that testimony this past week at a church service that we had. And this woman came up to get healed. And this is the same, the same anointing that I feel right now is the same way I felt when she came up. People, even as I'm sharing this story right now, you're getting healed through the screen. You're getting healed on podcasts. You're getting healed on YouTube right now. Even as I'm sharing this story, I feel your body being healed right now. I shared that story and this woman came up to the front to get healed. And I felt the same anointing come on me that I feel right now. In the moment that I said, I feel the Holy Ghost, this woman, I wasn't within five or six feet of her. She got wiped out on her feet. The Holy Ghost just tackled her. And she came in and she had, I think it's called endiomitrosis. I think you'll have to correct me if I'm wrong. Endiomitrosis. In uh, her fallopian tubes. And it caused extreme pain. It made her heart beat off rhythm. She had intense back pain. And she was in excruciating pain all the time. And the power of God hit her. As soon as I said, I feel the Holy Ghost, Spirit of God lifted that woman off of her feet and slammed her on the ground. And she just sat there. The whole congregation went quiet. And they just watched as this woman got touched by the power of God. And she got totally healed. And that's the same power I feel right now. God's going to heal you. Wherever you need a miracle in your life, I want you to put your hands up right now. I'm going to pray for you. As I pray for you, the Spirit of God heals you right now. I command your body to be made whole from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. And any person right now believing for a miracle, for somebody in your family, for your father, I command your dad to be healed now on account of your faith in Jesus' name. On, in Jesus' name. I command your body to be healed. Every disabling spirit, I bind it and I cast it out of your life now. I command your body be made whole from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. Now, whatever you couldn't do before, do it now. You're healed in Jesus' name. Totally healed. Praise God for it. I want you to stand up right now and shout to the Lord. Say, thank you, Lord. I'm healed. I'm whole. By your stripes, I was healed. People are getting healed right now, even under the sound of my voice. So special, the healing anointing. Be healed. You know, Jesus told the disciples, go into their town, preach the good news to them, and heal all of their sick. Heal all of their sick. You're healed in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, I'm going to give people an opportunity now to sow financially. I've had it in my spirit all week that God's going to do crazy things for people that sow big amounts. Yesterday and the day before, I encouraged people to sow $1,000. And that those that would sow $1,000, God was going to do something powerful in your life. I just know it. Because he did for me. The first time I sowed $1,000, my life was never the same. It was like the floodgates of heaven just opened, bursting at the seams. And finances began to flow into my life and into the ministry like crazy. I shared that testimony of my friend Caesar that I met a couple weeks ago. 
he started sowing into this ministry. And since he started sowing, $15,000 has come in through commission checks at his job. He sowed, it started small with like $25. And then as he began to increase, he began to sow more into the ministry. And then he sowed $1,000. And when he sowed $1,000, now here we are, however long later, $15,000 has come in through commissions. The Lord has blessed his business. And the Lord will do the same thing for you. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 through 8, it says that those that give joyfully, a cheerful giver, God makes all grace abound towards you with all sufficiency in all things at all times. Every good work, God's grace comes upon you in great measure. And it says he multiplies your seed, some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. He said when you give, it's given back to you. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Your money is a seed. It represents your time, your hard work, your time away from your family. Your money represents you. That's why Jesus said where a man's money is, that's where his heart will be also. Your money represents you. So areas in your life that you need increase, you use your money as a seed in the kingdom of God to see major breakthrough. And as you know, this ministry is experiencing major breakthrough. God has blessed us tremendously. We reached over 150 million people last year, and now I'm aiming for 200 million people. Currently, we're feeding 25 kids every day in the country of Nicaragua. It's such a blessing. Kids, they sometimes this is the only meal they eat, is what we feed them. 25 a day, and it's such a blessing. And that number is only going to continue to increase. Currently, we have eight ministries that we're partnered with every month that we give to their ministries. And these are ministries that are getting people born again. These are ministries that are feeding hungry kids. These are ministries that are out building and advancing the kingdom of God. So if you're a giver, which I know you are because you're watching me right now, I challenge you now if you're watching this. Number one, if you've never sowed a $1,000 seed, I challenge you to do it or more. Do it in proportion to what you have. It's not always about the, the number amount. That's right. Kiernan said, blessed to be a partner. Amen. I'm blessed to have you guys as a partner. We love our partners. We're so thankful for you. And I, I encourage you now, if you've never given a ginormous seed, I encourage you to do it today. It'll be the most freeing thing you've ever done, and it will lead to the biggest blessing in your life. There's an old saying that says, if you don't feel it leave your hand, you'll never feel it when it comes back to you. But the Bible says those that sow in tears reap in joy. So when you give a great amount to the kingdom and the advancement of God, you reap a great amount. When you sow in tears, when it's hard to give, I've had that multiple times. There was one time where I almost emptied out my bank account. The Lord told me to give $540 to this minister. And it was almost all the money I had. And it was so difficult. But I did it. And I took this $540 and I gave it to this minister. And I said, the Lord told me to give this to you. And I know he's going to bless it. But I, 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 my eyes watered. It was, it was hard. It was hard. It was almost all the money I had left. Less than a week later, another minister came up to me and said, I'm going to give you $12,000. The Lord took that $540. He knew that I needed breakthrough financially. $540 is barely enough to pay your rent out here in Iowa. <laughs> he knew I needed breakthrough financially. So when I gave that $540, the Lord multiplied it and turned it into $12,000. And it's never slowed down since then. It's just increased. As I've increased my giving, 
God's increased my harvest. So be encouraged. Be of good faith. God will multiply your seed. All right. I'm going to have you pray and ask the Lord what he would have you give today. The different ways that you can give to the ministry are through Venmo, through Cash App, through PayPal at Revival Way. Cash App is dollar sign Revival Way. Venmo is at Revival Way, one word. And PayPal is Revival Way. Just one word. Or you can give on our website. I know some people give big amounts. We have people that give a thousand, sometimes more, five thousand. If the Lord's telling you to give a big amount and you want to give through the website, you can go to my website, revivalway.com. Click partner financially today. And like I said, I encourage you. I know, I know God is going to do something great in people's finances. If you have a business that you need breakthrough in, take money out of the business and sow it into the kingdom of God and watch what he'll do to your business. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. I'm going to believe God with you and we're going to join our faith together. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, every person that is sowing into the ministry right now and they're blessing the advancement of your kingdom, I join my faith with them and I call their seed blessed. According to their faith, let it be done unto them a hundredfold, sixtyfold, thirtyfold, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Let it return into their life. And we call doors open, the windows of heaven open. Thank you that you promised in your word that you rebuke the devourer for our sake. We stand on your word and your promises today in Jesus' mighty name. We call it done. Amen and amen. God bless you guys so much. Also, if you're not already a monthly partner with the ministry, I highly encourage you, partner with us today. I'm believing God for 100 monthly partners at $100 or more a month. Like I said, obviously, it's not so much about the dollar amount. It's about proportion. So if you make $10,000 a month and you only give $100 a month, then there's something off there. But those of you that join as monthly partners, I'm going to send you my favorite book, one of many, I suppose, The Seven Laws That You Must Honor to Have Uncommon Success in Life by Dr. Mike Murdoch. This book will change your life. It's a quick and powerful read. It changed my life. So those that become a monthly partner today at $100 or more a month, I'll send you that book. And as you can see on your screen on YouTube right now, you'll be added to our private Zoom session. Our first one is this Sunday. This Sunday at 7 p.m., we'll be doing a private Zoom session for just monthly partners. And I'll be praying for the sick. I'll be preaching and I'll be answering questions. I'm going to teach you tips and tricks on social media evangelism and other little things. And whatever questions you have, you'll have an opportunity to connect with me privately and I can answer those questions for you. So God bless you and be blessed in your giving. I can't wait to hear testimonies. Testimonies after testimony. I love hearing testimonies. Those of you that get financial breakthrough in your giving, Send me your testimonies on Instagram. I love to hear your testimonies. We had a woman that sewed into the ministry, and uh, this was a couple months ago, and she won the lottery. Go figure. She donated to the ministry, sowed financial seed, and she won the lottery the next day. Praise the Lord. So God will find a way to bless you, that's for sure. We had a, another woman recently who I'm becoming a great fan of. Her name is, I, I'll leave her name out of it. But she sowed and she had never received a harvest before. I think she sowed like $50. And uh, she said that $1,200 just rolled in like out of nowhere. 
all of these finances. The Lord started revealing these rings to her, this like jewelry that she hadn't seen in years. And she pawned it for like $500. And the Lord just started to bless her finances. So as you get testimonies like that, send them to me on Instagram because I like to hear them. They're encouraging and they build people's faith. All right. I love you so much. Have a great weekend. Be blessed in the Lord. I'll see you on Monday.